thank you for bringing us here. And I pray uh, for every one of us that our hearts will be open, our minds will be receptive. God, you'll have your way with us today. And it's your name we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. If you have a, a smartphone, you can go ahead and pull that out and follow along on our U version if you have that app. Today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the I am's of Jesus Christ. We, we've been going through these since the beginning of Project Salt. And the I am's in the Bible, uh, we've been going through the book of John specifically and looking at when Jesus himself says, I am, and then he, then he says some word uh, that really is, is going to teach us a lesson about who he is and how we are to live our lives according to him. So the I am that we're going to go through today is, is when Jesus says, I am the way. I want to paint this story a little bit to you, and you can find this in John chapter 14 is where we're going to be. I want to paint this story, though, okay? This is Jesus at the Last Supper with his disciples. If you, if you know what the Last Supper is, Jesus, he knows that his, his, his hours are limited. He's, he's about to be taken away, and he's about to be crucified, um, and he, he's about to die. And so the disciples don't know this, but they're sitting and they're having this, this supper, and it's called the Last Supper. Uh, so this is where it's at. Jesus is sitting there when he says this. And, and in essence, it's, it's kind of like this. It's like Jesus knows this big thing's about to come, and he's imparting his last bit of wisdom, his last instructions, his last, guys, you don't know what's about to hit you, so this is what I want to say. And, and he starts to talk to all of his disciples. Um, what... what uh, what it kind of reminds me of is, I, how many of you went, went uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but when I went to college, I'll just say that, okay? When I went to college, I remember I lived in Gunnison, Colorado. I was so excited because for the first time, I was driving out of state, like by myself. And I was going from Colorado all the way to Virginia, and I had my little black Ford Mustang hatchback, non-air-conditioned car, and it had everything that I needed in life. And I remember leaving McDonald's, because if you're familiar with Gunnison, McDonald's is kind of like, that's it. Once you pass McDonald's, there's nothing for an hour. And so, you know, my parents, it was real symbolic. We, we went to McDonald's for our last supper, right? Oh, I know, I know. And, and I remember my mom imparting some wisdom to me uh, at that time as I was about to drive off. You know, it's like our last supper was McDonald's, and here's this wisdom she's given me. Uh, and then as I was driving away, I started thinking, oh, you know what? My parents have given me some wisdom. Here, here's some stuff, okay? Don't go outside with wet hair. Right? Okay, for those of you from, a, from, from cold country, you know, it's like pneumonia. That's bad. And so thank you, Mom, for that. Um, <laughs> wait 15 minutes to swim after, after eating. Okay, and want your moms ever say that to you, dads, whatever. Okay, a little bit of wisdom. Don't run with a knife. Anyone? Is that you? I, all those are great. I love all, all that advice, but the best advice that my parents ever gave me, <laughs> maybe not, but for the sake of this statement, I'll say that, okay? Best advice they ever gave me was this. <clears throat> Don't buy couches from a yard sale. <laughs> you never know where that couch has been or what's been on it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I'm like, okay, yeah, don't buy that used couch. So, you know... The funny thing about this is the Last Supper, Jesus is imparting, not this kind of wisdom, but great wisdom, and, and he's imparting this wisdom to his disciples, and, and, and really, if you know the story, 
the disciples, they didn't know what was about to hit them. They didn't know that their life was really about to get turned around, upside down. They didn't know that this great man that they've been following, doing all these miracles and everything, they didn't know that this guy was about to leave. And, they were, and, and some of them were about to betray him. Some of them were about to run out of fear. They didn't know what was about to hit them in the hours to come. And so Jesus is sitting there and he's talking to them. And really the weird thing is, is kind of in our life, if you think about it, the things that you worry about the most, do they, do they typically happen? Do they? Nah. The things that I stress out about, like, you know, six months from now, this may happen, and I lose sleep over it or whatever, typically that thing doesn't even happen. And so the, so the weird thing is, if the disciples would have known what was about to hit them, they would have been stressed out, wouldn't they have? Absolutely. But Jesus and his infinite power and everything, he didn't reveal what was going to happen exactly, but he knew that it was going to work out for them. And I wonder in our life, you know, the things that we're worried about, Why? Because typically those are the things that aren't even going to happen. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, let's say those things do happen. It doesn't matter. Jesus is good, and it's all going to work out. Just put yourself as to be one of the disciples in that moment. If you knew that Jesus was about to die, and it's going to look like you did something that was just crazy with your life, a little, little, if, you just, if they waited out a little longer, what happened? Everything turned around. Everything turned around. So I want to look at this. In John chapter 14, verse 6 is specifically the verse that I want to say. And if you open your Bible to that, uh, this is what it says. It says, Jesus answered, because they asked him, where are you going? You know, where, where are you about to go, Jesus? Because he was giving them a little bit of warning. And he said this. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Way. What does that word mean? Way. What does that mean? It's kind of, it's kind of a journey. It's kind of moving in a, towards a destination. Way. I am the way. I want you to write this down. If you can, word for word. And Danny writes really small. Oh, you don't have your notebook. All right, man. You're going to have to listen to the podcast and write this down, okay? But I want you to write this down. He doesn't, he does not mean he knows a way and he's eager to show and share it with us. He does mean that he himself is the way. I'm going to read this again. When he said, I am the way, he does not mean he knows a way and he's eager to show it and share it with us. He does mean that he himself is the way. He's not, he's not standing up and saying, you know what, guys, here, here is 10 steps to, to have a better life. Here's three steps to a stronger marriage. Here's four steps to purity. Here's, you know, he's, he's not saying, I know a way, and I'm going to show you and just follow this and all that. He does say that I am the way, me, myself, and I. If he's the way, Jesus is the way, and it's not about us just being moral people or trying harder and being the best people that we can to accomplish this checklist of what it means to be a Christian. How is your life lining up with the life of Jesus Christ? How is it? If he says he is the way, how is your life lining up with him? 
in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32 and 33. This is good. I'll give you a second to get there. See, I cheat. I have it written on paper. So you guys have to flip through the Bible or you know, whatever, but I got it written down. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32 and 33 says this. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. And in verse 33, walk in obedience to all that, that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. I want to tell you a little bit about, about this Deuteronomy and, and, and what's happening right here. This is, thank you to Darian and his wonderful house church teaching. We know that this is the redemption promise, right? This is the section in the Bible when the redemption is promised. When Jesus is saying, you know what? There's something good that's coming. This is the redemption promise part. And, and, and it's written by Moses and Joshua, the, the book of Deuteronomy. And it's written to Israel. And what's happening is, is Israelites are moving from slavery to freedom. And they're going to the promised land. They've wandered. Um, some are about to wander for 40 years. And, 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 and they, they really lack faith that this God that's taken them from slavery is really going to take them across this, this uh, big river in front of them because there's giants over there, and it's a great story. you gotta, you got to read this story. But God is expressing his kindness in his life to the Israelites, and, and he's saying, you know, you know what? Are, are you really listening to me? Like this Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy says, so be careful to do what, what the Lord, your God, has commanded you. Do not turn to the right. Do not turn to the left. Do not go those areas. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you. Who? The Lord your God has commanded you so that you will live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Is he saying, go and try to figure out your own way? Go, go and try to help grandmas across the road to be good people? Is, is he saying all this? No, he's saying, do what the Lord your God has commanded you. What does that say we need to do with our lives? We need to have our ear to the ground. We need to have our better picture. We need to have our ear to the heart of God and saying, God, what do you have with my every single waking moment today? How am I supposed to speak? How am I supposed to love? God, better, how do you love? And it, even, even beyond that, it's not even about that doing but it's about being in love with Jesus Christ. If we're walking intimately with Jesus Christ, his commands are going to come to us because we're walking intimately with Jesus Christ. Is this good stuff? <laughs> I like this, Ravi. I like this, man. This is good. Go to Proverbs. Proverbs verse 4, 18 through 19. Brittany, I'm having you fly all around your Bible today. Yeah. Proverbs 4, verse 18 through 19. This, this verse really kind of get, gets to me. I'm sorry. It just does. This is what, this, these two verses. This is what it says. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining even brighter to the full light of day. That sounds good, isn't it? The path of the righteous like a morning sun. Man, the sun was beautiful today, wasn't it? Did you get out and did you, did you get to enjoy it? Man, it's refreshing. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till, till the full light of day. Verse 19, 
Whenever you come across a but in the Bible, it's usually not good, okay? <laughs> but the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. What does that do to your heart? The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't even know what makes them stumble. They don't have light. They don't even know the way. If Jesus says, I am the way, what does that say to us? We know he's the way. But for darkness, for people that don't know him, they're just going through life. They're trying to do stuff, but they don't even know how to do it. Man, that breaks my heart, church. That breaks my heart. No longer can we look at people and say, bad for you for living like that. You should know better than that. Really, should they? They don't know the way. Our job as Christians is to show them the way. To live life's, life, our life in love with God. Because our heart should break for people. They don't even know the way. Man, why are we here in northern Colorado, in Greeley, Project Salt? Why are we here? To show people the way. They can't figure it out on their own. They need people to go to their workplaces, to go to the swimming clubs. Do they have swimming clubs here? <laughs> I'm at the rec center. <laughs> to go to the rec center, to go out to eat, to go to the mall, to go to McDonald's, to go wherever we go as Christians. Greeley needs us. Northern Colorado needs us to go and show people the way. Love them. Are we loving people? Yeah, we are. I saw a sheet of love people last night. At a bar. <laughs> Way past my bedtime. And missed a lot of cuss words. A sheet that gets up and plays songs of hope. And says, we love Jesus. Yeah. We're showing people the way. That's what it's about. It's what it's about. Can we do that if we ourselves are not in love with God? No. This, is, this, this kind of right here shows me they don't know the way. It kind of reminds me of math to me. <laughs> me, personally, math. Any of you good at math? No, yeah. Can you tutor me? We'll talk later. <clears throat> this reminds me of math. I remember I was scarred at a young age, maybe third, fourth grade. I would sit down with my dad, who's a banker, obviously good at math, and he would try to explain stuff to me, the math problems, because I was struggling in math. And eventually we'd get to the point where we would climax, and he would say really encouraging words to me, like, don't give me that stupid look. <laughs> I can't even remember my name at this point. Like, I, I just, I, did, I, did, I didn't know it. I'm like, you can ask, what's your name? Oh, I he would, say, he would say, don't give me that stupid look. And I'm like, what's the stupid look? And it's like, I tried not to, and it wasn't good. Dad should have never tutored me in math. And so now we find Zoe and Audra, my daughters, you know, it's like if they're struggling in math, I run. I'm like, I'm out of here, you know. And, and sometimes Lauren, my wife, um, is, is, she's going to college, so she can, she can teach them through math, which is, which is great, and you will soon be, so that's good. Um, but sometimes we have to go to YouTube, and, and, and we have to be like, how do we do this? One time, I even reverted to Facebook and Twitter. I'm like, someone, please help me out there in Twitter world. How do I do this? 
It was awesome. It was awesome. All these brilliant math people came out of the woodwork, and, and, and they, they told me how to do it, right? So that, that was great. We, we were able to find an answer. Think about people that are walking in darkness every single day. They cannot find an answer. They may even be looking for the answer. Our job as Christians is to love God, be, <laughs> wake up and be content in who he's created us to be. And out of that deep love of being, we get to radiate his love wherever we go. Because there's people that can't even figure out the way. Psalms 119.32. This is good. Psalms 119.32. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. I'm going to read that again. Psalms 119.32. Maybe you need to put it on your rearview mirror and memorize it this week. Maybe you need to chant it over and over to yourself because it says, I run in the path of your commands. Yes, for you, God, you have set my heart free. Free. Do you guys feel alive today? I do. What's it found in? In Jesus Christ. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. What does that say about our lives? If we're free and we're encountering people every single day that don't know the way, we don't have time to tiptoe, do we? No. We don't have time to tiptoe. Be bold. Be all in, all consumed in the love of Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about building mansions for ourselves. No, we don't do that. We build tents. <laughs> we carry our tent. And we'll go and we'll do whatever Jesus is asking. We'll say we'll be in love with him. Because we're free. Yeah. We're free. <laughs> One more verse. Psalm 17, 11. This is our prayer for every single one of us as we move from this day forward. This is our prayer for every single one of us. Psalms 17, 11. Oh, dear God, teach me your way that I may rely on your faithfulness. Does it say that I may rely on a good book that I'm reading? Does it say, I may rely on past experiences or what my pastor once told me? Does it say that? What? I do? I gave the wrong verse? Oh. Well, whatever. I don't know what that... See, this backfired. I didn't write it down right. Whatever verse that is, look it up. Someone teach me, okay? Whatever verse it says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Whose faithfulness? God's. Absolutely. So may we not hang our hats on human wisdom. Pooey on that. Can I say pooey? <laughs> pooey on that. 
Is that a bad word? I'm not supposed to say that? Okay. May we rely on the Lord absolutely and just bask in being his child. Oh, that's beautiful. Here's one more thing to write down. And this may grab some of you in an awkward spot. And you may need to sit on it for a little while. Perhaps we do not so much need to understand Jesus as the way as we need simply to experience him as the way. I'm going to say this again. Perhaps we do not so much need to understand Jesus as the way as we need simply to experience him as the way. If all we know is an understanding of Jesus and we're not experiencing him as the way, we're off base. So the question is, are we experiencing him as the way in our life? I want us to go into a a time of just continuing to worship God. And, um, you know, if you're comfortable with it, I'd ask you just just close your eyes and get real introspective here. Just you and God. And I want to ask some questions. And I want you to think about these questions. How do they move in your heart? What do they mean to you? Are you understanding Jesus more than simply experiencing him? Are you? Are you understanding Jesus more than simply experiencing him? Are you living your life in step with Jesus? Or are you living life on your terms? Are you healthy on the inside? Do you feel alive on the inside? Do you feel free? And I guess the last question that that we can ask is this, is simply, do you know Jesus as the way? Do you know him as the way? Has there ever been a moment when you've said, God, I can't do life by myself. I need you. I surrender to you. Take my life. Do whatever you will with it. We're going to go into a time here of of just continuing to worship God. In In the back of the rooms are three tables. They're all identical. I would pray and encourage you to be as real with yourself and with God as possible. In the back, there's a beautiful thing on each table called communion. And what communion is... It's to remind us what Jesus has done in our life. 
to remind us of what Jesus was teaching his disciples, what, what was about to happen to him. He was about to get crucified for our sins so we could be free, so we could have a way. And so communion, on, on, on your own time, you can, you can go back there and, and just take a piece of bread and, and dip it in the grape juice and, and, and very symbolic about Jesus, his body being sacrificed for us and his blood being dripped out for us, giving us a way. That should bring tears to your eyes that someone loved you that much to do that for you. Also back there are communication cards. Maybe God's doing something. I think we even put them on your chair. Maybe God's doing something in your heart, a prayer request or something he's spurring you on to or, you know, whatever. And these cards are, are, are another way that we can stay in contact with you and let you know what's going on. And so there's boxes back there. You can place those in there. We also ask you back there are boxes for offering. Yeah, absolutely. Give joyfully. Give faithfully, obediently to what God is doing. And we're going to be singing. You can worship God through that. If, if you feel like standing up, stand up. If you feel like going to the back and laying on your stomach, then, then do that. This is the time for you and God right now. I'm going to be back there if someone would like to come and, and, and pray with me or you have more questions about who Jesus is or, or just something that's, that's going on with you. I want to be there back there for you for that. But, but just go into this time. Not faking it. If you don't know the words to the songs, you can sit there and read them and, and, and just meditate on those words. But this moment right here is between you and God. So I'm going to ask us all first if we'll stand. And then if you need to, to sit down to continue to worship him, you can do that. Um, if you're going to go to the back and, and take communion, you can do that. If you want to pray with somebody, I encourage you to do that. Um, but man, this is it. This is the best part of Project Salt. We get to worship our God. That's awesome. We get this. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being the way, for loving us. That's it, for loving us. God, I, I pray that during this time, we can lift our hands, we can lift our voices, our hearts. We can tell you how awesome you are. We can proclaim your greatness. God, you're worthy of our praise. God, you're holy, beautiful, you're powerful. Please accept this worship. <laughs>